Hey everybody, my name is Pej. We come on every single Tuesday, right around noontime. I always have special guests in the recovery world. We talk about anything and everything that's recovery related or lack thereof. Welcome to Peggy's Recovery Corner. All right, well, we're back. Welcome to Peggy's Recovery Corner. Uh, today, I am with uh, a good old friend of mine. His name is Brian Doyle. Uh, we're gonna be talking about steroid usage in recovery. And um, welcome to the corner. Thanks, Petch. Nice Appreciate it. It's been a while since I saw you in person. Absolutely. I think uh, a pandemic got in the way of our way of living, but still we're neighbors and still we don't. Yeah. I know. Let's not use that as an excuse. You know, I live 10 minutes away. Could That's have, right. Uh, could have made a better effort to get over here, but regardless, we're here and uh, happy to be of help here for this. Most definitely. So this is a, it's a hot topic. It's a, a subject that re gets regurgitated all the time. People often talk um, about it. I, I see it in a lot of recovery pages where usually people that are actively using steroids that say they're in recovery um, will make an argument that uh, that it's still sober and, and to each their own. I mean, anybody can you, can, you can have your own opinions about it. Like I have mine. And um, definitely I know that they're a controlled substance, but then again, you can probably get them in other different avenues, steroids. I myself have used steroids, not in recovery, not in recovery. I used them when I was 16, I used them when I was 18, I used them when I was 25 years old. I'm 49 right now. Um, I remember we used to go down to Mexico back then. There was no dark web, there was no internet, there was no, uh, to my knowledge, there wasn't doctors that we could actually go get it from. I'm sure there were some people that had like the secret uh, sauce, but hmm. we were going out of Mexico. We can buy it in pharmacies and sometimes it was real and sometimes it was not, right? Right. And, and so we would do our cycles and really I didn't even know what I was doing, right? Like I would just, I had a friend that I saw him have uh, enhanced his muscles. He got really big, really fast. He was working out a lot. And um, and so I followed suit. I, I, I felt, I had body dysmorphia. I definitely felt like um, my body wasn't enough. Um, so I wanted to see like how I could gain mass muscle like within a very short period of time and, and sure enough like it i did and i never it never felt like it was enough or 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 it felt good and i would get attention from girls and things like that right. but then it never felt like it was enough so then fast forward throughout my life you know as i got older i, I would work out and um uh, when I got sober, I, I was kind of afraid of the gym, but then when I started to work out, like I was good at a certain point in my sobriety where like, even if I'm just toned or in good yeah. shape, like that's enough for me. <laughs> However, I'd go to gyms where there was people that I knew from recovery that were in there that were just juicing. Right. Like they were just meatheads. Like, and some of them, like you could just see like they were abnormally large, like that God did not make your body like that. No. Like, yeah. like you look like a, like a horse, <clears throat> like a, a stallion. Right. And, and, or a, Whatever. So with that said, like the other day, um, I was having a conversation with a friend and he was talking about, um, do you think it's okay in recovery? And we, you know, we went out in this, uh, we had a lot of, we had a lot of talks and conversations about it. And, and I got this idea. I thought, you know what, this is something that would be an ideal topic to talk about on the corner. So absolutely. And then you saw my post that I talked about it on Facebook and, and you, you said you have experience with this. So I would like to know, first of all, who are you? Well, I'm Brian Doyle, and you know I've, I've been in recovery out here in California since you know, 2011. And where are you from originally? Uh, originally from Connecticut, Southern okay. Connecticut, New England area. Okay. And yeah, I saw your post, and I, I wanted to reach out and, and come and talk because it's definitely an area that you know I have experience with. Um, you know, full disclosure, I, I've used steroids and performance-enhancing drugs 
uh, in recovery. And I think the first thing that you mentioned was uh, knowledge, right? right? Whether it was, you know, some kid that's new in the treatment center or, or new in sober living, mm -hmm. like they just might not know that that is uh, like a taboo subject, you know? So I think bringing some of this stuff to light and seeing how it affects you, of course, physically, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually mm -hmm. when it when it impacts recovery it is very useful because you have guys that are, you know, <clears throat> maybe they got 90 days, they're going to the sober living and, and then maybe they're starting a steroid cycle. It's like, yeah, they don't, not only do they don't know anything about it, right. where they're getting it or what it's doing to their body, but they don't even know that it's bad in recovery circles because mm -hmm. traditional AA doesn't really talk about it. Of course, Narcotics Anonymous, they used to talk about it a lot. You have all these other fellowships popping up mm -hmm. like Crystal Meth, Heroin, Cocaine Anonymous, but it's not something that's talked about. Well, and, wh wh why is it not good? What, what's, what's wrong with it in recovery circles? Because I think traditionally you've seen that Obviously, other drugs have more of an impact on your daily life, and I think that performance-enhancing drugs, while detrimental over time, you don't get that initial rush, that high, or that that feeling that you know your life is out of control with them. Right. It's a slower, um, almost just as deadly buildup of events, and you know, I don't think we've seen like a steroids anonymous or, or a PEDs anonymous. It's really you know, interesting that you say that because I've seen many anonymouses, <clears throat> but I have not right. that yet. Yeah, you know, if I'm shooting crystal meth, it's going to take a week for my life to get out of control. Where right. we've seen people, myself included, maintain a level of performance enhancing drugs for years mm -hmm. before the the health effects and the behavior effects start to compound, and that's when it becomes like a serious problem. Um, you know, you have guys that are getting up taking. 90 days, six month chips, nine month chips, and then someone tells them, hey, steroids aren't sober. You right. know, and it completely blows their mind. Right. Now they, f they either feel like shit about mm -hmm. themselves, right. uh, they don't want to lose that time that they worked so hard for, mm -hmm. and it kind of sends them down the spiral of secretive behavior, uh, if you will. Okay, so, so when somebody does say that steroids aren't sober, mm -hmm. how do we know that that person's right? Right, and that's one of those things, it's, it's been a fine line in not only the fellowships around the country, but if you look you know, on the, on the interwebs right now, you, know, you can read about that stuff and there are articles that say that you know, it's a mind-altering substance, it's not sober, and there are articles that you know, disagree, just like with anything else. So mm -hmm. it's, it's very difficult. And I think a lot of the guys that are on performance-enhancing drugs or that advocate for them, mm -hmm. um, Maybe they mean well, but you have to do it in the right way. Right. And maybe we could get into that um, yes. a little bit. I'd you like know? to, actually. But, but, okay, so as far as knowledge goes, so, so a lot of these kids are blindly coming into, not, not just kids, I see a lot of older men. Right. I know. I'm an older man. Older man. <laughs> that, that they, they're coming into uh, a recovery space, and they're seeing that their peers, sort of like I was right. talking about when I was in high school, that their peers are, without knowledge, you know, gaining mass, muscle mass, right. like to the point where, you know, it's like, I want to look like that. The dude's chiseled. Right. He's got great triceps, great biceps. He, he looks like he works out a lot. He's in the gym every day. He's driven. Uh, what is it? What's the secret sauce? And it, it, it comes under the guise of uh, healthy activity, which right. of course, you know, when you're rebounding from whatever substance, uh, physical activity have always been a, um, it's always been there, you mm -hmm. know, and it's something that has to I believe, you know, be a part of your recovery, you know, whether it's getting out, walking the dog, mm -hmm. you know, or hitting the weights every day or doing some sort of physical activity, whether it's aerobic or, right. or anaerobic. Um, so 
the performance enhancers fall kind of under that, mm -hmm. you know, where it, the legitimacy of going to the gym almost overshadows, you know, what you're doing with your diet and your, your, I guess, performance enhancers mm -hmm. before and or after the gym. So it's tough, you know, let's say you get into sober living, you got six days clean and you know, the thought of we're addicts, right? You know, yeah. the thought of being able to put on muscle and, and improve your aesthetics in inside of 30 days yep. is a huge attractor to everybody that wants to, wants to do that, Absolutely. you know, and they don't think about the consequences and it's, it's, it's expensive. Uh, you have to maintain, you know, a lot of medical tests, blood work, mm -hmm. you know, and we can get into that later. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of guys get started on the performance enhancers and they don't have the funds to continue them right. or even get off of them the right way. And that can lead to another series of problems. But again, yeah, you, the, the point that you made where you're starting to go to the gym, you're starting to feel better, you're starting to you know connect with society a little more. Yeah, you want a little bit bigger biceps or, or a couple ab lines or yeah. you know you want to feel a little better. And there are doctors that agree that mm -hmm. especially opiate addicts and methamphetamine addicts do need to maintain a higher level of testosterone throughout their recovery just simply because the, the testosterone levels will combat depression. Mm -hmm. You know, healthy male testosterone levels will allow you to think more clearly, mm -hmm. sleep better, better appetite, increased metabolism, uh, better libido, all of these things which are which are good. Right. It's just that when you're doing PEDs in an unregulated sense, that stuff gets out of control and I can so, give you some so more are specific they, are examples. They, so are some of them going to a doctor and, and the doctor's telling them your testosterone levels are lower? What can we do about it? Are doctors actually prescribing steroids to certain patients? Doctors can't prescribe. And when we're talking about steroids, right, you have to talk about when, you know, what's the building block of all performance enhancers, which is testosterone, mm -hmm. right? And there's a few different kinds. You have uh, cypionate or ethanate, or, or there's a few different testosterones and each one's a little bit you know, different in the way it works in your body. Mm -hmm. uh, no doctor that has a license is going to be able to prescribe that without a medical need. Okay, so then where are people getting it these days? I, I mean, we, exactly. We, I know obviously Tijuana, Mexico, that was a place where we used to go back in the day. That's like 30 years ago, 20 years ago. But, but I'm wondering like, is it the dark web? Is it the internet? Is it a special friend that they, they can, right. that just has the hookup? You know, you can get like the pretty much blood. anything online, but I think for what we're talking about, you know, it's just, hey, I know a guy. I know And, and they, this guy either makes it or he has someone that makes it, you know, they got a chemist that's cooking up, you know, tests. But, mm -hmm. and, and that in itself is dangerous because- Because you don't know what he's putting in. It's not pharmaceutical grade right, stuff. Right. And, and I've been in sober living where I've injected myself with uh, shitty testosterone yeah. and it's made me feel sick, you know, for a couple of days. You kind of feel like you got a little bit of the flu uh, without the it fever. It happened to me, and this was like some Tijuana, like right, pharmacy from like TJ shit. It right. was horrible. Um, okay, so now um, you have you said you've been out here in California since 2011. Mm -hmm. You have been in recovery on and off, on and off. Okay. Um, was was steroids a factor? Yeah, and and that's uh, it was a huge factor. You mm -hmm. know, in my first 
round through recovery, I, I had gotten... How old uh, were you then during that time? I see, I'm 36 now. So, I mean, I was in late 20s. Late 20s. You know, late 27, 28. Mm-hmm. I never did any of that stuff when I was young, but it was definitely something that I got into, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in recovery. And I, I took a, a four-year chip out here back in 2000 and, you know, 17. Right. So, it was... A part of my whole story but mm-hmm. as an addict you know it, it led to uh, just unchecked use you know and, and when i'm talking about my own steroid use i'm i used a lot right. for every day for four years and i hid it from people that i cared about and aside the fact that keeping a bunch of needles around mm-hmm. not a great idea you no. know and especially get, for x i right and, and yeah steroid needles are huge and you're not going to inject a 22 gauge you know needle into your vein right but I mean, you could if you're desperate, right. you know, and then guys get into the other stuff, which we're not even talking about yet, but the designer stuff, which is, you know, the human growth hormone or the, the post cycle for steroids, which is the HCG, you know, right. which you need little insulin syringes for that. And yeah. I, I participate in that as well. And it's like, how many times do you have to open the drawer and see this uh, equipment uh, right. before it's like, you know, it gets to you, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, so, yeah, you know, basically, you know, four years of steroid use and, mm-hmm. and we're talking testosterone um oral steroids you can buy pills you can buy uh you know there's winstrol there's anavar there's injectable primo durable and there's there's uh deca, deca of course there's trend yep. uh, there's a lot of different stuff and mm-hmm. i think that's you know where guys get themselves in trouble is it's just basic testosterone again just like any drug isn't good enough right. you know then you got guys that are stacking tests with Winnie and now they need this and they need that. And pretty soon they're, they're spending a thousand bucks a month on this shit. And I love how I, even in the steroid world, there's, there's nicknames like for Fenny, right. there's Fenny, Fenny right. you know, right. Winnie. Stenazolol is yeah. the clinical name and then it's Winstraw, right? Remember the guy, what was his name? Ben Johnson, the Canadian sprinter, mm-hmm. you know, he got popped for, for Winnie. You know, yeah. after breaking the world record in the hundred meters, then and they it, had to take it away from him because it wasn't legitimate. Right, of course. Yeah. You know, it's 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 huge. Yeah. And, and you know, we're in recovery. You know, Lance Armstrong wants to shoot steroids and use you know uh, HGH and all that stuff because literally every other guy's doing it. That's his own business. Right. But I mean, we're talking about going to meetings. You know, guys are doing it for like their Tinder profiles, and and that's where okay, it can so, get out of control. So I love that you brought that up. So. Um, I know, mm. what, what I brought up body dysmorphia right. before, right? And you know, that's a, that's a clinical term, obviously. It's something I learned when I got sober, I went to school, drug and alcohol studies. We, we yeah. came up with these terminologies that, that, that are used in, in, you know, obviously in a treatment setting and in many different medical settings. But truth of the matter is, is I know, I've come to terms with the fact that when I was chasing, um, not just the drugs, but, but the, the anything to enhance my muscles, mm. there was, an emptiness within me. It was. Right. It was definitely. Um, I had an identity crisis. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I wanted to be. But I thought that if the outer appearance looked better, right, the my inner core will feel better, right. Of course. And and I never. I was never really blind to like how that. That's. It's not possible. It, it just doesn't work that way. Right. It starts from the inside, right? Well, it's it's it, the it, easier, body, mind, way. mind, body, and spirit, right? Yeah. So, so we we go back to and you and I were on a phone conversation yesterday and talks about how we want to talk about this today. And 
So like, there's a lot of people that are very blind to their ego. I was very blind right. to my ego. Sometimes yeah. I still can be, right? Me too, I was. And, and so still am sometimes. My ego can be my driving force. It, it, it will tell me that, and even to, the, to this day, and I'm not saying like I contemplate or think, about, the thought will go in my head where I, where I, I think, you know, I'm 49 years old, I'm almost 50. Mm. I go to, I'm in some recovery circles where I see men in their 60s that I look at their bodies and I'm like, how's that dude so shredded? Like, right. It's like, and then I come to find, well, he's a little too shredded, right? And it's yeah. not that he's doing full-blown steroids. You brought up HGH and I think to myself, uh, like I, I ask some questions and then some people, you know, in recovery, everybody talks behind each other's backs, right? They can say <laughs> they don't, right? But, yeah. but people will be like, yeah, do you know that that individual, like, uh, you know, here I'm, I'm seeing the guy as a dude in recovery that I've looked up to. I love his shares. Sometimes he's a little bit, uh, rigid, overly rigid. Why is he? Why does he seem a little bit angry? Mm. And then somebody says, "Well, we know that that guy's on HGH, or or right. or he's on human. Yeah, that's it. Human growth hormone." So, and I think to myself, "Well, no wonder he's like he's he's tapped into that fountain of youth lifestyle." Yeah, which is again, you know, when you're talking about HGH specifically, um, again, there's methods that addicts in these treatment centers with access to very limited funds can can buy that stuff. It usually comes in from China, mm-hmm. all right? It doesn't come in from Mexico, but it usually comes from China. Usually an HGH kit has 10 little vials, mm-hmm. right? You need bacteriostatic water to mix and keep it in the fridge, right? Um, <clears throat> real HGH, if you do a test, you know, will test out to anywhere between 30 and 40, whatever the measurement is. Yes. Um, usually that stuff from China is fake. They'll put probably uh, between 0.5 and the number two. Mm-hmm. And one of those, you know, just to give you a feeling, right? It's the placebo effect. Real HGH, very expensive. You know, you have to do it daily. Again, you have to use insulin syringes. Mm-hmm. It is, of course- Where do they usually shoot it? Into the buttocks? Uh, just, they pinch a little stomach right fat in the stomach. for the HGH, yeah. right? And, and that's not as common because it is so expensive. Now guys can get it for two, 300 bucks for a 10 pack that'll mm-hmm. last you, you know, a month and a half. But again, 90% chance that that's fake. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> the real stuff is very hard to get. And you can't get it unless you have, um, you know, a, a growth hormone deficiency, right? So human growth hormone is something that, that releases in our bodies when we sleep, helps with metabolism, digestion, repair. Mm-hmm. It's actually very good. You know, right. Everybody should be walking around on HGH. It's just, it's very hard. That was the thing that Barry Bonds did the most. That was um, what he was most criticized for. It helps, you know, uh, recovery, repair, muscle uh, alertness, reaction time, mm-hmm. not just building muscles um you know you look at a guy like Sebastian Stallone he's like 75 years old right guy looks fantastic he looks great he probably spends like twenty thousand dollars a month on HGH Uh that's his life remember he filmed Rambo he got caught at the border with all that stuff but he's an actor he wants to do that that's fine yeah I mean it's just not something that you know we need to be doing and and you mentioned you know the ego stuff and it's Mm -hmm. all that stuff builds up your outside right you know the outside for the ego and you know, I've learned this this past year that the constant thought of others in recovery and service uh, has been the most beneficial and, and the most essential factor, you know, mm-hmm. to my recovery. And the ego takes away from that. Right. Um, you know, in full disclosure, I did, I did performance enhancers for a long time to the point where my testosterone was low, you know, and it may be low permanently. We're not sure. You know, and I was- As a uh, result? As a result. Of, and we haven't talked about the physiological side effects, you know, of performance enhances. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, 
you know, my level, an average male testosterone level should be between 207 or 800, depending on, mm-hmm. you know, what scale you use. And for years, I was walking around at the, my levels were between four and 5,000. Wow. You know, one doctor said he was surprised that I didn't rip the door handle off coming into the building. And, you know, because of a, because just uh, because of, you know, how anger thick and how intense everything was. Yeah, it was huge. It was 225 pounds. You know, it was, of course, you got a couple pictures that look great, but you're, you know, we'll get into the physical stuff um, in a second. But, you know, I had to get off of everything. I was off of everything for over a year. Right. You know, my levels went down below 200 Mm -hmm. for a long time. And as an addict in recovery, it's not healthy for you to walk around with test levels that low. You know, so. I think it it, it also messes with your mind, with your emotions. It does. It's hormones. It's secreted by the brain. It's there to regulate a lot of stuff. And, you know, depression is a huge thing, especially in early addicts. Absolutely. You know, so we have this rush of dopamine from our substances and then we're in detox and it takes a long time for that stuff to come back right and if you're six months sober with a test level of a 90 year old guy mm-hmm. it's not good you're right. so you need to have an outlet to get that but it has to be legit and has mm-hmm. to be legal and it has to be you know something that isn't frowned upon in the recovery circle so you oh so this is what i was going to say yes. so you said you know you're you're what 45, you said? 49. 49. So 50 in a couple of months. So you're 50 in a couple months. Let's say you were looking at getting something a little bit, you know, that would help you with not just the way you look. We're not talking about biceps here. I mean, we're talking about just quality of life. You know, what would be the option available to you as a sober guy, mm-hmm. right? Well, you'd go to your doctor, you'd have blood drawn. They'd send it off to Quest or LabCorp for a full male anti-aging hormone panel, right? Where they test your testosterone, estrogen, prolactin, your prostate, your, your liver, all your organs, you know, they do a full panel. Right. And they see where your levels are at. And if you meet the criteria, then your doctor can prescribe some options. He can prescribe a, a testosterone cream that you rub on your arms. There's a new thing that's called a bioavailable pellet that mm-hmm. they uh, stitch into you and it gradually releases the proper amount of testosterone over time. Mm-hmm. Or the old fashioned way is, you know, you can go to the doctor's office once a week, twice a month, whatever it is, and have them inject you with a measured amount of pharmaceutical grade testosterone. And those are the only methods that are, you know, I want to say AA approved, but those are the only methods that, you know, in my opinion, uh, are <clears throat> sustainable long term. And why? Because you're your test level doesn't get out of control, doesn't mm-hmm. skyrocket. Right. You know, I have to do blood work every 90 days mm-hmm. to make sure. And, and my doctor's not going to let me go over, you know, a thousand, you know, right. 2000, get out of control. He's not prescribing me synthetic designer steroids. There's no reason for me to be doing trend or anything that's, you know, right. in, in that I'm not, I'm not Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm not competing. You know, I don't need Primo and EQ and all this other stuff, yeah. you know, every other week. So, so uh, when I talk about my personal experience, like, and I was mentioning that there was the jocks that were in high school. Mm-hmm. So in our high school, there was a, a bunch of guys that they drove really nice cars. They, all the girls loved them. They were very handsome dudes. They, mm-hmm. they, they were just the guys that we looked up to, especially us little scrubs, right? Yeah. They, they had a lot of money. <laughs> um, uh, they, they were the ones that actually turned us on to going out to Mexico. 
we were all friends. We all party together. Yeah. And um, what I, what I started to see happening with these guys, and I, when I talk about like not knowing your own identity, I feel like they were they were putting up an identity for themselves during that time right. that they thought that they had to live up to, and the only way that they could be whole was if they continued to do the steroids. Right. As we grew older, um, especially into our early twenties. Amazingly enough, these guys uh, kind of all went into their own little funks, if you will, right? Like a lot of depression. They encountered a lot of depression. One of them said that he got an enlarged heart as a result of uh, doing a lot of steroids at a young age. Mm -hmm. And then later on, he actually overdosed on, um, he had shot a bunch of cocaine and drank himself um, into oblivion and, and uh, had a heart attack. And right. he was 24. I mean, 24 years old. At that age, it's, you know, you're not here for 24. They, really have they say that, you know, guys that do steroids for that long, you know, you're going to be the best looking corpse yeah. that you've ever seen. And, yeah. and it's it's true. You know, you see a lot of these guys die early, die young. A former sponsor of mine, Guy Lindsay, he's got a dozen years or so. So right now, he used to say that uh, he's never met someone in recovery who's done steroids long term who right. hasn't either died or relapsed because of it. Hmm. And you know you're talking about something that's really hard to maintain. For sure. Really I mean, I used hard. to, I used to mess with one of them. One of them, like mm. he, he always had a six pack. Yeah. And and I'd see him like around the corner flexing there, and I tell him, "Looks like you got a five pack today." And he would go, "What are you? Are you serious?" Oh, yeah. Like it would really yeah. mess with him. Yeah. And so like I think like now you get guys that are in recovery that already have an identity crisis. They have right. a lot of trauma. They don't know how to live. They don't know how to be spiritual. They're they're probably some of them are trying to get in the process of learning spirituality, yeah. however that may be, whether it's a 12-step program. And and, and then the, the thing that happens is, oh, did you know that so-and-so is on steroids? And I'm like, it's evident. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at the guy. Like, <laughs> he, he's got tough. unusual and, and muscles. Like, you don't see somebody get that big that fast. You're, you're trading uh, your long-term health, your long-term sobriety for an immediate short-term gain. And you mentioned a large heart. Right, yeah, so there's all these physical side effects. That's of, what I was going to say. You brought up side effects. Um, what are the side effects? So you know, you take a look at basic testosterone, right? Mm-hmm. What is it? You know, it's a male hormone. Uh, yeah, females have it too. Increased testosterone from an outside source artificially. What's going to do after a week or two weeks or so? It's going to shut off your own body's production of testosterone right, right away. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's so male testicles will shrink, right? Um, that's. That's, happened to me. That's one of the immediate um, <clears throat> factors when yes. you talk about physical acne. stuff. Acne, of course, <clears throat> you know, size acne is mm-hmm. a is a telltale sign. You know, you see someone not just like with a couple things, but right. you know, you're you're talking back acne that looks like the the Craves. Kalahari Desert from <laughs> uh, from Mario Kart, right? So. <laughs> That's, of course, it's not obvious, laughing matter. Right? It really happens. I, what happened to me? You know, hey, prolonged too. use, hair loss. Of hair course, loss, you know? that's and, one. And See, look, look what happened to yeah, steroids. Yeah. As a result of the steroids, I lost my hair. You know, I definitely suffered from it. Why it's an increase in dihydrotestosterone or free testosterone that floats around the body and it, yeah. and, it, and it contributes to male pattern baldness and accelerated hair loss. And I got news for you, bad news. Propecia and all that shit you see with hymns and all those other little things, that's not gonna work. Right. Okay. It only has a 30% chance for it to work anyway. And if you've been doing PEDs, you're not going to so yeah. you just shave your head. And now it's Vin Diesel all the time. <laughs> all right. So what else? Uh, 
The most common thing that guys get when they're doing performance enhancers is what's called gynoclamastia. And right? that's where the nips. Or puffy nip. And I that, have it right here. Yeah, we used to call okay? them gynos. Little gyno nip. You know, I've, I've had some therapies. You know, the only real thing you can do if you want it gone mm -hmm. is to have it surgically removed, right? And, and insurance considers it cosmetic unless it's a danger, right? right? So It kind of has a pain in the tip of the nip. Right? It does. Yeah. And, and you can take, and my doctor put me on a couple of AIs or aromatase inhibitors to kind of lessen the swelling in it. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. what is this from? It's from taking steroids. a bunch of steroids. And then, mm -hmm. you know, whether I post-cycled off correctly or not, like I was doing it for so long, like I couldn't, you're going to build up estrogen and that's just going to happen. Mm -hmm. And you can't shut off... And you got guys that are, you know, well, what about letrozole shuts off estrogen completely? Well, you can't shut off estrogen completely. Your, your prolactin is going to fall. Your libido is going to crash. Right. It's just when you start tinkering with all your hormones, and that's what I mean, it's just so hard to maintain. Right. You know, and then you guys, so you got uh, the heart stuff. You have the gyno. You have... Um, what's called hematocrit or thickness of the blood. Mm -hmm. You know, you could cut my arm at one point and you know, it'd be like pancake batter flowing mm -hmm. out of there. And what is, what's the problem with thick blood? Well, you're tired, fatigue. It's like a shark. You got to keep moving all the time. Right. Anytime you're too settled for too long, you know, you're, you're exhausted mm -hmm. and, and you know, your face is all puffy. You know, remember in, one of the Avengers movies when Ultron upgrades his suit and, yeah. and Tony Stark with a shot at steroids is like, I don't want to say puffy, right? But that's, you know, it's <laughs> kind of a thing. You're like, edema is, is a is a side effect. Right. You know, one of the, the puffiness of the, the limbs and the skin. Mm -hmm. um, Hematocrit's really dangerous when it gets up to thickness because then your HDLs, your good cholesterol crash. Right. You want your HDLs to be above a 40. Mine were a nine at one point, you know? And then you gotta go on fish oil and baby aspirin and salmon and broccoli and rice for a year just to get your cholesterol back up. If you're right. a young man, it's okay. You'll take some time, a year or so, and then you can do it. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's more lot. resilient when you're young. <laughs> it's but, a lot. but even even if you are resilient physically mm -hmm. when you're younger, here's what I my experience, and I'm sure that you've experienced it too, because it took you out. It took you out. Right. You relapsed, right? Um, and the reason I use examples of people I grew up with is, is that all those guys, all of them, mm -hmm. are fucking dead. Like yeah. every one of them. Like they all it doesn't died. end. And what ended up happening was it was so they're trying to make themselves look good on the outside, but mm -hmm. then on top of that, during their moments of their depressive moments and all the stuff that they endure as a result of not feeling like they're enough or it's, it's, it's I, I don't look good enough or I'm getting fat because I've, I've just stopped this cycle and I've been smoking pot or right. I've just been eating, like gorging and stuff like that. And as you said, no one wants to stop. Right. Stopping the cycle because mm -hmm. you got to go down and you got to take this and you got to take that to kickstart your own body's functions up again. Right. And addicts don't want to go through that. They don't want to go through it. They don't want so to they go through two weeks cycle? of they don't want to go through two weeks of libido loss right. or three weeks of libido loss or a potential for fat mm -hmm. uh, gain or for lower right. stamina and energy and for muscle loss. They don't want to go through that. Right. So so what I've seen is the majority of them, if not almost all of them, died of an overdose from drugs mm -hmm. because they got into heavy drugs because they couldn't handle the depression. Right. And down the line, working in treatment, I've seen a lot of different people. They'll justify. They will. They will sit there and up talk what they're doing, make it seem like it's okay, rationalize, lie to themselves, mm -hmm. and in the end, they relapse 
some of them die, some of them just relapse, right. like they keep relapsing. And then and then later on, if they ever come to terms with, like kind of like you did with yourself, with the fact that like, this isn't working. Right. This isn't spiritual. No. Like there's there's no way Aside that, that I can be on roids and, and yeah. really be in recovery. You know, it wreaks havoc on your body. We went over that. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not just for the average guy. It's just not something that's advised over long periods of time. You know, um, I have to now navigate that road with with my doctor to come up with solutions that are um, good for me physically and good for me. You know, in recovery, I'm but, lucky because the doctor that I am under the care of now is a medical director at a couple of facilities. So he has my recovery in mind. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we talked about at the beginning that ego and inflation of that ego and the primary purpose of AA, which is carrying the message and the constant thought of others, I won't say they can't exist in the same spot, but right. they have a hard time existing in the same spot. If you're truly sticking to that honesty, open-mindedness and willingness, um, it's hard to again go home at night and be like my whole facade is built upon you know me and all these things that I'm putting into my body. Eventually, right. it's going to crumble down like a house of cards, and and you will be left with the wreckage. And, and <clears throat> it causes a lot of behaviors, you know, that are not great. You know, guys that are mood swings, juiced up all the time. Aside from like the mood swings, you know, there are a lot of articles that say roid rage is is a myth. You know, it's not like I'm gonna punch a hole in the wall if, if you know, something bad happens, but it's more I just, I'm sure. When I was 18? Yeah, it's more just oh, making, yeah. making bad decisions based on ego, like, right? Like, uh -huh. you know, you got a girlfriend and you're so obsessed with the way you look that you're gonna entertain things from, from multiple women that aren't good. Mm -hmm. um, and can your recovery handle the loss of a relationship if you're gonna, be texting if you're gonna just be can you swear on this thing yeah if we already did if, okay you're right if you're a fuck boy right and yeah. you're talking to 12 different chicks at once and the one you really like finds out how's that loss of the relationship going to impact your recovery yeah. are you gonna be able to make it through that yeah you know or you so, might have a mood swing and punch a hole in a wall what are, <laughs> of course <clears throat> you know so those are like the unknown factors that guys don't think about when they get into it and then how, they have no idea how acting like that is going to make them feel. Right. You know, a lot of guys are not, most people are not sociopaths and they're not serial killers and narcissists with no empathy. So if they screw someone over or if they sleep with one girl and never talk to her again, like they are going to feel, feel that. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the program of AA allows for some spiritual awareness, mm -hmm. right? And they say things cost more than it used to. Mm -hmm. Flipping someone off at the intersection costs more than it used to. Right. Telling the person that made your Chipotle that they're trash costs more <laughs> than it used to. Do you sound like when you have these descriptions or these uh, No, I just examples. made them up. You made them up. No, None it's of this not happened me to you. at okay. all. All right. all right. So with that said, uh, your recommendations on, on uh, you obviously talked about, you know, other recommendations on if people want to enhance their muscles. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I, I think uh, it's it's a shit show. Like it's, it's a recipe for disaster if somebody's right. really getting into like steroids, especially without knowledge. Right. There's a lot of people that I've noticed that have done steroids or do, or, or you know, they do certain supplements and things like that, but they have a knowledge base. Like they know what they're doing. Right, and then again, yeah, you have got to be committed now. And it took me a long time. The knowledge has got to, to be there. Again, for a guy like me at 36 years old, 
with naturally low testosterone now from years of abusing the PEDs, like mm -hmm. now I'm dependent on my doctor for, for some solutions. Right. Um, would I recommend to someone who's 20, 22, who's just a young dude to start getting into PEDs? Absolutely not. You know, yeah. I don't think that anyone under 33, 34 should be even exploring those, those options because they're so young, their HGH production naturally is so high. As long as they eat okay and get mm -hmm. enough physical exercise, right. they're going to be way bigger natty mm -hmm. than they ever would be. And they're going to physically damage themselves, you know, in the future. Mm -hmm. And there's no, there's absolutely no reason for it. You know, so if, if guys that have already gone down that, if anyone's watching this and they're like, oh shit, I've been on test and EQ and trend and chewing Winstrol tablets and ordering Cialis from Mexico for two years, what do I do? Well, it's, you know, it's time to go to the doctor and, and be honest with the doctor about what's going on and get your blood checked and get your levels drawn and figure out where your kidneys and your liver and your prostate and your heart and your cholesterol and your estrogen and your testosterone and your prolactin, figure out where all that is mm -hmm. and then go and get some solutions. I love it. You know, whether it's getting off the needles and getting on the cream, right. whether it's exploring, like I talked about earlier, like the pellet, you know, something that's safe. Yeah. You know, we're not, we don't want to go from test level 300 to 2,500 right. in two weeks. That's wild. Yeah. You know, we're talking about a slow, steady increase mm -hmm. again, because guys that are, addicts shouldn't be walking around with low testosterone mm -hmm. we shouldn't be walking around with testosterone that's so high like our faces are gonna explode <laughs> man all right you're right okay well, there's got to be a middle ground i think we've had we've covered a lot of you know we have a lot know. of content i hope it's in, I hope it's in relation to this no it's great i love it this is neat it needs to be talked about i'm happy that we talked about it um you know we, we've we've got a lot of stuff coming up in the future here i really appreciate you coming out the corner it's good to see you again, yeah of course friend. it's great to see you um and uh thank you for tuning in today Peggy's recovery corner over and out